We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet. Oh yeah, welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet, and Matt Cardona is back with us on the show. This is our third interview in a little over two years. And I mean, if we look back at this, the first one was May 2020. He was part of that first huge wave of releases from WWE right when the world like first screeched to a halt and kind of shut down. Then we chatted with him again in February of last year. And then think of everything that's happened between then and now. I mean, he's arguably been the most talked about wrestler on the independent scene. And he's just truly taken ownership of what his character is. And he's turned it into something so special. The way that his mind works when it comes to monetizing wrestling is really, really fascinating. We dig into that a lot here. But the big question is, is Matt Cardona going back to WWE? And if he does go back to WWE, is he going to be Matt Cardona or is he going to be Zack Ryder? So Matt tells me during this interview that, yeah, he wants to go back to WWE. And one of his goals is to win the WWE Championship. So... It's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens in 2023 with Matt Cardona. Take a screenshot. Let us know you're listening and tag us so that we can share it out. He is at the Matt Cardona. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And thank you for all these reviews that have been coming in on Apple Podcasts. We started reading them out again on the show like a few weeks ago. And man, there's now been like 20, maybe more, more than that over the last few weeks. So please leave a review and we'll read it out on the show as our way to say, Thanks for being with us on this adventure. John Faisal left this one that says, a legendary podcast, my favorite podcast of all time. Chris, you are truly talented. Your positive energy is so inspirational and you're truly one of my personal heroes. Wow. The conversations you have are always intelligent, insightful, and fun. You feel like you're just listening to advice and stories from a great longtime friend. Chris, you're a great person and your approach to life is inspiring. When I, gradu- when I was a graduate student, your podcast was my constant companion while I wrote my 50-page graduate thesis. Even now at my full-time job, I still listen to your podcast. As always, keep up the excellent work, Chris. Well, thank you so much for the very, very kind words there, John. I, I really appreciate it. So yeah, if you have Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to this on your iPhone, if you could leave a few words, that would be so, so helpful. All right, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Cardona. 
I was trying to figure out when our last one was. I think it was over a year. You di- you didn't have that ring the last time we talked. The wedding ring? Yeah. Or the wrestling ring? Which? You certainly didn't have the NWA Heavyweight Championship. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I don't have it anymore. This is just a replica. I am the real world champion, though. The uncrowned champion. You So much has happened since the last time we talked. And yeah. I mean, I've seen you a few times since. We just you know haven't had an interview, but... Like GCW really changed the whole course of your career. Yeah, uh, that that match with with Nick Gage, I've said it many times, definitely changed my career. Definitely changed my life. I knew it would create buzz, but there's no way I could have predicted how much buzz it would create. I mean, that night we trended number one over the Olympics and UFC, a UFC pay per view. You know, just some quote unquote independent show. But everyone wanted to see uh, Zach Ryder get carved up in the gauge. And, and I did, but I ended up winning and became the deathmatch king. What did the conversation with Nick look like before that match? Because like that, that guy is seemingly not afraid of anything. Were you, uh, you know, trepidatious at all about anything in that match? I was scared to death. And uh, honestly, before I walked to that curtain, I'm like, they might try to kill me in this ring. And, and that would be the trending moment, right? Like, Nick Gage kills Matt Cardona in GCW ring. I was scared to death. Uh, I watched the dark side of the ring, or at least I tried to, the Nick Gage episode, and I couldn't get through it. It was so gory and disgusting, and I'm like, holy shit, I have to wrestle this guy? Was there any point where you're like, all right, that sounds like a nice idea, Nick, but there's no way we're doing this, this, or this? No, I I knew that... um, Listen, I knew this was going to be a big night. Uh, I wore all white. I knew I was going to bleed, right? Of course, death match, light tubes, glass, you're going to bleed. But my white shirt turned like maroon red. Um, and there's one point in the match, I superplex Nick through this pane of glass. And there's like, it's blood coming out of my arm, but it, it's like ooze. It's so thick and disgusting. And the referee was concerned. Once the referee was concerned, that I was like concerned. I was oh, if a deathmatch referee is concerned. Right, exactly. Yes. So then, like, you know, I started getting lightheaded. We finished the match. I won. Long story short, I'm the deathmatch king, but holy shit. And uh, you know, there's no there's no medical team backstage at the showboat casino in Atlantic City, right? There was there was this nurse. I think, you know, she was a nurse. She she stitched me up, did a horrible job. Uh I mean, she did her best, right, with with what she had. And she told me, uh, yeah, these stitches are dissolvable. Don't take them out. Of course, they were not. I got infected. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. It was it was brutal. It was the, the aftermath is what hurt the most because I flew right away cross-country to Disneyland. I had a big Disneyland trip planned. Um, so John Carlo, if you know who John Carlo is, he, he worked for GCW, works for AEW now. He We didn't have any bandages. So I just went to his hotel room and he taped towels around my body oh my god and that's how i flew cross country uh, and i did all the rides at universal and disneyland because i'm a you're insane right what did chelsea think of all this um well she was the one who, who found me in that hotel room the next day and she had to go get all the bandages and she she bandaged me up and cleaned me up but um a lot of people thought i was crazy going into it um i got so many texts and dms like don't do this this guy's crazy i'm like if i'm convincing people in the business oh this is gonna be great was there any point right before the match where you're like i I just i don't maybe we don't need to do this 
no, I knew if we were going to do it, we were going to do it. We weren't, you know, if we're having this death match, Matt Cardona versus Nick Gage, I was going to go all the way. So pizza cutters, glass, um, light tubes. We did it. I mean, I'm very proud of that match. Um, I've retired as the Deathmatch King. No more death matches for me. There, there's no reason to do another one, right? I mean, I don't think we will capture that magic. I don't think we could recreate it. So I'm fine with just having one. It's funny because I saw DDP uh, last week at Wrestle Case. Like, yeah, you're doing all this hardcore stuff now. I'm like, no, I did one match, you know, and I'm just playing off this Deathmatch King moniker and it's making the GCW universe so mad and it it's awesome. I love it. Well, look, there's a difference in pro wrestling between like getting heel heat and like getting cheap heat by like making fun of the local sports team. And then it like crosses over and like crosses this line and like people legitimately disliking you. And I feel like you're in that latter category. Yeah. I mean, when I won that death match, you can see the footage. There's people just throwing trash at me, bottles. Someone threw a pizza cutter at me. It was crazy. Um, not all GCW shows are like that, you know, where, you know, I come to the crowd, come through the crowd. And there's people flipping me off and yelling at me, but no one tries to get physical, at least not yet. So like when, when we talked the first time, right after you got released from WWE, you were, you know, starting to figure things out as Matt Cardona for the first time in your career. Where do you think like that was headed if it wasn't for GCW? Well, that's the thing because, you know, I got released. I knew, okay, I'm Matt Cardona now, right? But who is that? Um, I knew I needed to change. But you can't just turn heel on the indies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. So the 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 death match, the GCW, um, it really started this this snowball effect where I'd go through to you know random indie shows and it's like 50-50. Am I getting cheered or booed? First, it's like 25% getting booed. I'm like, this is weird. Then 50-50, then 75% getting booed. That now it's hundred percent. I don't get cheered anywhere I go. And I love it. And that's what I need. I just needed something. A, a catalyst, if you will, to, 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 to spark this new version of me. Um, and it's been so much fun. And, and for a while, you know, I was like a baby face and impact. And then like, I'd be doing an indie show the next night and getting booed. So like, I love that now, no matter where I go, people know, fuck this guy. It's so much fun. I don't know if there's anybody that's had a bigger reinvention since their WWE release other than you, what do you think is the biggest difference between Zack Ryder and Matt Cardona? Yeah. I mean, even at the very end, like the past couple of years in WWE, I was trying to be a little more serious, you know, got in better shape, dropped the woo 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 shit. But like, if you don't get the time on television to showcase that, mm. I mean, who, who, who really knows? Right. So I think now being my own boss, you know, I, I, I'm not signed to any company. I've refused contracts. I just want to be my own boss. And selfishly, I don't want to answer to anybody. <laughs> you know, I'm having so much fun and it's working. And I love just being able to, to try things. All I've ever wanted was an opportunity to try. And a lot of the things that I've tried since being released have worked. Some things that I've tried haven't worked. And, and that's, that's just how it is. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. We've seen you make appearances in AEW, Impact Wrestling. How many of these companies have tried to lock you down and you went, no, I want to do my own thing? Well, I mean, the, the AEW thing, listen, it's not like they offered me a deal and I turned it down. That's not what happened. Uh, what happened? I don't exactly know. I did a couple of shows there. I thought I was going to be offered something. I wasn't. I'm like, okay, now I got to move on. You know, uh, I just don't want to be tied down anywhere. In WWE, not that I had handcuffs on by any means, but I was there for so long. I had time when I was 20 years old. When did we get fired? 2020. So I was there for like 14 years. 
it's a long time, you know? So now it's, it's my chance to, to make my own schedule and be my own boss and branch out and do all these other things, whether it be grow the major wrestling career podcast, or, you know, I just did the last match musical. I did a fucking musical, you know, all these things I'm getting to try now. Uh, it's just, I don't want to be tied down anywhere. I don't want to, Hey, is this okay? Can I do this? I don't want to do that. I think there was a point in time that, you know, if in 2020 you had been brought back to WWE, you would have been brought back as Zack Ryder and right back into what you were doing before. And then I think your good friend, Cody Rhodes, kind of broke the mold there and went, no, no, what happens in other places, what happens on the indies does exist in this wrestling zeitgeist. And I feel like if you did go back to WWE, you wouldn't be Zack Ryder. You'd be Matt Cardona. I mean, if it was up to me, if I would ever go back, it would be as me. Always ready, Matt Cardona. Now, if there was going to be a surprise run-in or a Royal Rumble something, if the always ready music hit or the woo-woo hit, which one would get a bigger pop? I understand. Sure. You know, the, the, the Zack Ryder would. But I don't want to live in the past. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm 37 years old. I'm in the prime of my career. Uh, I mean, listen, I always say, like, the PWI 500 doesn't matter unless you're number one or number 13. I was number 13, which, you know what? I'm, I'm very, very proud of that. The only unsigned guy in the top 20. Um, I think it's pretty damn cool that, you know, that I'm being able uh, to, to do GCW, Impact, NWA, all these random indies, getting to wrestle all over the world and doing it on my terms. It's, it's so much fun. There was like this fantasy booking that was floating around of a, a cinematic match where it's Matt Cardona taking out Zack Ryder. Like, <laughs> that's something that we, we could see one day. I actually, you know, someone, someone, uh, they came to me, wanted to do that. But the thing is, I don't own the Zack Ryder IP intellectual property. Mm. So like, we'd have to dance around that. And, and this is going to sound like horrible to say too. I just don't have the fucking time to do it. Like, you don't, I don't have the time have, to shave the beard and grow the beard back. That's what you're saying. Not only that, I don't have the time to like, I don't have the bandwidth. Uh, I am stressed so thin. Some days I need to plan out when I'm going to take a shit. That's how busy I am. You know, and I love it though. <laughs> what time does it usually happen? It really depends. It really depends on my schedule. It depends uh, how, uh, how much pre-workout you took, right? Sure, sure. So like, you know, typically I'm wrestling or doing an appearance Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I do the pod- podcast on Monday. We do this thing called Whatnot. It's like a live auction every yep. Monday. And then the podcast has turned into wrestling figures, wrestling shows, live podcasts. So I'm doing podcast work every single day. What started off as a 45-minute, once-a-week show has turned into a fucking business, which is fucking incredible and insane at the same time. So if you went back to WWE, you might not be able to do most of that stuff. Well, then I wouldn't go back. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had any conversations with him? Listen, I I appreciate you asking me this, but here's the truth. Like, if... I were to go back, I wouldn't reveal it here. And if I wasn't going back, I wouldn't reveal it here. Cause I sure. want people, I want people talking. Yeah. So the more they talk, you know, the more people are talking about Matt Cardona, the better for me. I'm the internet champion then now forever. So let them talk. Here's the thing about this run you've had over the last year is like, I don't know how you top this. Like 2023 is almost done. We're heading into, sorry, 2022 is almost done. We're almost into 2023. What, what, what do you do? Honestly, I asked myself the same question. Uh, 2021, I thought was fucking incredible with the the Deathmatch King, all that stuff. And how am I going to top it in 2022? Well, we sold out GCW. I say we, I feel like I'm a part of that team. Sold out the Hammerstein Ballroom. Started off the year with that. Main evented for Impact Hard to Kill for the world title. 
won the NWA World Heavyweight title. Uh, so much stuff has happened in 2022. It's like, shit, what am I going to do in 2023? Yeah, seriously. I feel like you need to go back and, and win back your NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I, I think so. You know, it was unfortunate. I had the bicep injury, which came out of nowhere, right? No one expects to get injured. There's no good time to get hurt. But fortunately for me, like my shtick is me talking, my character. So I still did all my independent bookings. You know, my, my schedule is busier than ever because I had to add rehab into that. So like I still did everything I was doing, making towns, the podcast, going to the gym. Oh shit. And rehabbing to get this bicep better. <laughs> Uh, but now it's better. It feels a hundred percent. Shit happens, right? I mean, what am I going to do? Um, but I didn't miss any bookings. I didn't miss any time. Like, yes, I wasn't taking bumps in the ring, but I was still making all these towns, doing all these shows. Uh, yeah, I had uh, Billy Corgan on the show, and he talked about how after you got injured, he said to you, like, "Yeah, it's okay. You don't need to show up." And you're like, "No, no, I want to be there." And yeah, he was gosh, like, I, "I don't know. If that's that's the old school in me, but like." You got to go. You got to make the towns, right? Like I was going to get there no matter what. Uh, you know, at first I was concerned, oh, maybe the doctors won't let me fly because I just got the surgery. So I'm like, fuck, how long is this drive from Orlando to wherever the fuck the show was? I don't know where it was, <laughs> Kentucky or something like that. I'm like, I'll make the drive because I was going to be there. Um, NWA has been great. They gave me an opportunity at the 10 pounds of gold and I ran with it. You know, whether you watched NWA, whether you were a fan of me or not, everyone knew that I was the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Um, I brought it on my goddamn honeymoon. I uh, didn't defend it, you know, uh, but I brought it everywhere. I was proud to be the champion and I would love to uh, have that title again. Yeah. What did it mean to you to finally win the, you know, quote unquote, big one to finally win like a, a major championship? Uh, it was super cool, especially like, you know, all the legends who have held that title. Uh, I think there's a big difference between being nostalgic and living in the past. And I really want to help NWA. I feel like uh, I can definitely sink my teeth in and, and, and get them to the next level. Um, because listen, I don't want to just do the NWA shows like five times a year when they tape. I, I, want, it, I want it to be every week. I want to go every week and do it. So if I can do anything to to add attention to that company, uh, I'll do it. And, and now Tyrus is the champion. And there's a lot of controversy about that. But listen, the guy, uh, he gets eyeballs. There's no denying that. Uh, I'm going to plug my toy line, Major Bendy's. Uh, we made a Tyrus figure. He's the number one bestseller. He went on Fox my, News. My future read. mother-in-law bought one from you guys. And oh, she's yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, just, I can't even, like, that's how big, she's not a wrestling fan. She's a yeah. Tyrus fan. Yeah. Um, he, he read the the link on Fox News and it was like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Just the orders went, went crazy. So uh, I totally understand why the company NWA is behind Tyrus. But, you know, it's not the national, uh, you know, TV show alliance, the national wrestling alliance, and I'm somebody who will make towns with that title. And uh, yeah, if we ever have that match, I'm gonna kick his fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the hate from like traditional wrestling fans of Tyrus being the champion, but you couldn't buy the marketing that he's doing by wearing that championship belt every time he's on Fox News Channel. Right. And, and Eric Bischoff said the best controversy creates cash. People sure. were talking. So they're talking good or bad. They're still talking about you. I really think that you're built different in the pro wrestling world. And I say that by, and what I mean by that is a lot of guys are really good at wrestling. And they're really good at talking on a mic. You're also, you're great at all that, but you're also really good at the business side of things. And I, I think that that part seems to be missing for a lot of pro wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, um, 
everyone knows my story over a decade ago, started Z True Long Island story, my own YouTube show, because I, I didn't like my, my spot in the company. I knew I could do more. And I, you know, how many goddamn pitch emails am I going to do before I realize, okay, I got to take matters into my own hands. And that's what I did with the YouTube show. And, and it worked. It, it, it made people realize, okay, this kid's got some personality. He's not just the guy who is already in the ring and loses in two seconds, you know? Yeah. So that was, I want to say, you know, listen, I didn't invent wrestling and social media. It was going to happen eventually, right? You know, there were already web shows before me, but those were, you know, like Miz and Morrison, you know, great show, The Dirt Sheet, but, you know, they weren't editing that, you know, maybe yeah. they were like writing most of it, but, you know, they would do it at TV before before the show started and someone would edit it and it would go up. I was doing all that stuff on my own, writing, editing, all the budget stuff, everything. Even when WWE took it over, uh, I was still doing all that. But like, what what was this in you that wanted you to be entrepreneurial? Because I, I feel like this is not a trait that every wrestler has. Yeah, listen, uh, everyone's wired differently, right? And I, I want to be a top guy in wrestling and I'm going to... I'm going to go out swing until I am, you know, maybe I'll never become a top guy. Right. But I have been fighting my fucking ass off since I was 18 years old. I mean, there is nobody in this business. I've said this a bunch of times who's been counted out more times than me and has come back, you know, just when I'm just when people write me off myself included, there's definitely a time maybe like after that YouTube show died down, like maybe 2014, 15, I thought, well, shit, like I'm never gonna be able to do anything else. But then I ended up, Winning the IC title WrestleMania, right? So I think that's where the always ready came from. It's not just this fucking hashtag or, you know, nickname. It's being always ready for any and all opportunity. Because if, you, if you're complaining and bitching and moaning, whether it be online or not, and then you get that opportunity, you're not ready for it. That's on you, pal. So I'm sure in every locker room now, you get, you're having these up and coming wrestlers that are trying to pick your brain. They're asking you for advice. What's the like main big piece of advice that you tell them? Yeah, you know, it happens a lot. It makes me feel really old. I'm wrestling some guy. <laughs> I wrestled this guy. His name's Merrick Miami. He was the broski of the week on my show in like 2011. Now I'm fucking wrestling this kid. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Or there's this kid, LJ Leary in Ireland. He was a big Zack Ryder fan. Caught my shirt in the crowd once. Now I'm wrestling. I was like, Jesus, how fucking old am I? But I'm really not that old. I'm 37. It's just yeah. that I started so early. Um but they, they asked a lot about social media and I say, listen, I don't know all the answers. I, I don't know really anything about like, you know, the analytics and like when to post or why to post. I just post. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, I don't give a shit. I just mm -hmm. post what I want. You know, uh, I don't care what time I post it. If I want to post something, I just post it. And the thing about social media, it's, it's this free tool to advertise yourself, right? Like you, how can you not take advantage of it? It's a fucking free tool. It's free advertisement. On the flip side, it's free for everybody. So how are you going to stand out? That's what you got to figure out on your own. I can't answer that for you. So it's for you, you're saying it's all social media stuff. It's nothing you could be doing with promos or in the ring or something like oh, that for, for sure. someone starting and listen, out. And, and people ask me this all the time. Like, what can I do in ring? Like, the 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 was is it GIF or GIF? What's the product? The all right. Like, I got so much heat for this. <laughs> the creator of it says it's GIF. But if you say, oh, did you see that GIF the other day? People will go, what, what are you talking about? So right. I, think we gotta, I think we have to say GIF. Yeah, so I think it's very important when, when people have these independent matches, especially guys who aren't well-known. Like, they got to do something in their match to, to get one of those GIFs or GIFs. Oh, I like a GIFable moment. Okay. Right, I, I get it. But at the same time, you need to be able to fucking do the basics. Because if you, have, if you get all this attention for all these fucking GIFs and then someone watches your match and you're the shits, 
Mm. They'll see through that real fast. If your punches suck, you can do this cool flip. What's the big deal? You know, mm. so you got to be the total package somehow. Uh, listen, if you're wrestling me, if you're wrestling, it's going to be a different style match than, than just wrestling some other guy in the indies. But we'll still do some cool stuff at the end. But I like to tell the story. I like to, you know, work the people, work the crowd. Some people, they just wrestle. And it's like they'll do the same match whether a crowd is reacting or not. You can't do that. What what specifically did you learn from the TV style of WWE wrestling that has helped you so much on the indies? Slow the fuck down. Seriously. Because, like, you got to imagine, and this is what I tell guys, too. You, you do, let's say you do a move and you're both selling it. It seems like you're selling for eternity. But in TV land, the commentators are telling the story. The mm. cameras are going from one facial expression to the other guy. Mm. You know, so relax a little bit. It doesn't have to be like, move, 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 move. There's there's a time and a place to, uh, listen, there's time and a place to go balls to the walls, but you also got to let the people digest what they just saw. Yeah, I've heard people say, like, the advice that they've heard is, like, when you think you're going slow, go 10 times slower. Right. I, and it's I just, that's great. That's, yeah, that's and it's this advice. idea that, and I, I think it's this idea that uh, it feels slow to you and the crowd's just going, yeah, that just seems, I guess, normal. Right. And you just got to listen to the people. Um, you know, it's funny because we, I just, this last match musical, I'm sure we'll touch on it, but like we had this choreographed match, right? But, and even I didn't anticipate this, that the people watching the show, I'd say maybe half of wrestling fans, half theater fans. So like the script says, okay, I get in the ring. The other guy gets in the ring. Ding, ding, ding. We lock up. But if the, if the crowd is chanting, like I suck, I got to respond to the people. I got to interact with the people. So it's this interactive show. So we, long story short, we did this, this move, this double down. And I'm telling the guy, I'm like, just lay here. Just, I know it's not in the script. Just fucking lay here dead. And the, the crouch in, this is awesome. <laughs> this is, I'm like, see, just fucking lay here dead. They'll come. That's for a Broadway show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Where did this idea for a Broadway musical for pro wrestling come from? I don't know exactly, you know, because I came in pretty late. Uh, this guy, Jeremiah, 
He is the producer. He, he He's the main man. He's the Vince McMahon of this project, right? And he contacted me about this or got someone to contact me about it. At first, I'm like, wrestling, musical, ugh, no thanks, you know? But then I, I talked to Jeremiah, and he he was so convincing and so passionate. And I read the script. And well, listen, I didn't read the whole thing. I read like I read, I, read, I, I read the parts with my name in it. Yeah, read, yeah, exactly. I read part of it. I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. You know what? Like, and then all these real Broadway stars are attached. I'm like, well, if they're doing it, I'd be a fool to turn this down, right? So I agreed to do it. And then I read the whole script, realized I'm in the whole goddamn thing. I'm like, shit, I gotta remember all these lines. Better. We were talking to an, an actor that uh, was talking about reading a script. They would get a PDF sent and yeah. they would go into like control F where you would find a word within the script. Okay. They would type in their character's name and just see how many times it showed up. And if it didn't show up a lot, they're like, I'm not reading this. It's not a big enough part for me. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, this I'm in this. It's like a two hour show. I'm in it the whole time. I'm singing. I'm wrestling. There's dialogue. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be easy, but I didn't anticipate how hard it would be. Very, very challenging. The amount of different things you have done in the last two and a half years since you know the shackles breaking free and you being able to do your own thing is seriously mind-blowing. It's been a lot of fun, man. I mean, just the fact that we're making our own toys. You know, I grew up a huge wrestling career fan. We started the major wrestling career podcast. And now, like, I'm looking at my, I got this Chelsea Green right here, but we got a a back card out here. We got a Dan housing. Like we made a Ric Flair. We made the Ric Flair figure for his, his last match. Um, so we started the company late last year and we've already made 40 figures, like, like released, not just like, I'm going to make this figure one day or not just the artwork, like in people's hands, 40 figures in a calendar year. And I'm very, very proud of that. Who's the person you want to make a figure of? And it just hasn't happened yet. Oh man. Well, that's the thing. Cause like with the WWE legends deals, there's certain mm-hmm. guys that you can't, you know, you can't touch those guys. Flair doesn't have that deal. Well, Flair, I don't know if he has, he didn't have it when we made the figure, <laughs> but uh, you know, we just got, I'm not going to reveal anything right here, but we just got word of a couple of guys who let their legends deal run out. Mm. I got a pitch worked up. That I'm going to drop this week. Cause I want him in the line, baby. I just, I, I love that you are the type of person that if you see something, if you see something that's possible, you go, all right, well, how can I figure that out? You got to try, right? And that, that's, I truly believe that's how you learn is by failing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't want to fail. Of course, I want everything to be a home run. It's just not realistic. Um, but I, I have to try because that's, if I'm not trying, who's going to try for me? You know, I, yeah. I, I got to push myself. I got to be the self-chosen one, you know? Well, I get asked all the time about like, oh, how do you start a podcast or a YouTube channel or whatever it happens to be? And I'm like, well, you start. Like you, you actually have to do it. You have right. to hit record. And so many people want to do these great things and then just think of a million reasons why they can't do it instead of looking at the one reason why it might work. Yeah, especially with a podcast. It's not it's not easy because, you know, sure, you're, you do it for what, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours, whatever, but then you got to promote it. You got to make the clips for social media. You got to make the separate social media accounts to promote this podcast. So it's not just talking on a microphone for an hour, you know? Well, that's what people think it is. And if you don't love like every aspect of it, which is like booking the guests, researching the guests, doing the interview, producing it, editing it, promoting it, if you don't love every aspect of it, you should probably stop right now. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's, it's crazy that our podcast has spawned into, like I said, the wrestling figures we do, uh, live podcasts, live wrestling shows. It's really taken over my life, and it, but it doesn't feel like work, right? Because at the end of the day, what am I doing? I'm talking about wrestling figures or I'm making wrestling <laughs> figures. Like, 
the things that I loved as a kid. So sometimes I got to step back and be like, hey, like it may seem like a little work right now, but it's not really work. You're, you're doing what you love. I feel like there's a big differentiation between pro wrestling fans and WWE fans. Do you like, and I think that like one's like a very hardcore fan base that like follows everything. Do you think there's still a lot of WWE fans who still haven't figured out what Matt Cardona is doing now? 100%. 100%. And listen, when I was a kid, I was, I was the WWE kid. I was the, I mean, obviously I watched like WCW, ECW, but I didn't, and it was different then, but I didn't follow the Indies and stuff like that. I was strictly WWF. Right. So I totally get it. And there's people like, Hey, like I meet them at conventions. Or we just said like wrestle K like, Oh, you still wrestle? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking busier than ever making more money than ever, pal. You know, but like, I don't blame them. You know, yeah. not everyone is obsessed with this business. Like, like I am, or, you know, the, not everyone has to be this diehard fan. I, I don't fault them for that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of levels to that. And like sure. to, to be able to watch three hours of raw every week and two hours of NXT and then two hours of SmackDown. And then if you want to watch dynamite and NWA and impact as uh, a lot of hours, this is the best time to be a wrestling fan. I think it's the best time to be a wrestler. There is so much opportunity out there. Um, and with the power of the internet, like we're talking about like these independent shows, you know, you're, you're doing a show in New Jersey, it's on fight TV or, or yeah. something and everyone's watching it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or, you know, these gifts or gifs are on the internet. So like, you just gotta, you know, as a wrestler, you gotta get out there as much as you can. Um, and there's so much opportunity. Like you could wrestle so many different times in so many different places. Like there, for people who aren't booked, if you're an independent wrestler, not booked, like you're not trying because there's so much going on. You might not get paid what you want to get paid, but if you want to, if you want to get work, there's work out there. Yeah. And especially if you're willing to drive. Sure. And there's a lot that aren't willing to do that. Right. A lot of people, you know, they feel entitled or they, you know, they only want the, the big bookings. Listen, some of my favorite bookings are the ones where I'm like, what the fuck? Where am I? You know, but they end up having a lot of fun and you, you can't judge a book by its cover. What do you think is possible for you in Impact Wrestling? Because it's been pretty cool seeing you do some stuff there. Yeah. You know, like Impact has been so much fun. Um, Impact gave me kind of like the first bigger opportunity once I got released from WWE. And it definitely helped me you know, get my confidence back, uh, getting to do the stuff with Chelsea Green or with Brian Myers with the major players has been a lot of fun, but I'm not sure what's next for me in Impact. You know, I, I, I think it's great. I think that the roster is awesome. I think the, the actual show, if people watch it, it's an awesome show where things make sense and the storylines, you know, they actually have a beginning, middle and end. I just think a lot of people have they've given up on impact and they don't want to give it another chance. And it's a shame because it's a great, great product. I just think it's unfortunate that it's not an easy show to find. Like it's another problem. It's, it's fucking impossible to find it. Like I'm on the goddamn show. I can't watch my, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like we, we all know like where and when we can see raw on Monday nights. Sure. We all know when and where we can see dynamite on Wednesday night. And it's just like, I know impacts on, but I don't know where to find access TV. Right. I mean, I live in Orlando and I don't have it. Yeah. I want to ask you about your friend Cody Rhodes and like wrestling with the torn peck. When you saw that, what was your reaction to it? Oh, man. Uh, first of all, he, he had to do that match. Was it like the, the smartest for his health? <laughs> Maybe not. 
but it, it's such a, a iconic moment, you know, and it really showed that he had these balls and the passion for pro wrestling. I think he gained a lot of people's respect if he didn't have it already. Um, great, great night for him. And he, he needed that. And I think, I think Cody is, you know, it was a blessing in disguise. He got injured because now he gets two big comebacks in one calendar year. That's true. It's crazy when he took off that coat that people thought it was makeup. I'm like, clearly you've never seen a torn pack before. He he was showing me pictures like, uh, wow. Yeah. When it got torn and then like the blood just kept filling up in there. So it got worse and worse and worse. How did he do it? That's a good question. I don't know if he's ever said it publicly, so I'm not going to be the one to spill the beans. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 every time I lay down on the flat bench press now, I'm like, oh, I do not want that type yeah, of thing to happen. Like, yeah. I imagine that something like that. Yeah. Listen, injuries suck, whether it be, you know, one that keeps you out for a long time or even like a month or so. Like, nobody wants to get injured. There is no good time to get injured, uh, especially, you know, Cody was doing great things, you know, coming back at WrestleMania, um, had that, that awesome program with Seth. But, you know, like I said, now he gets two big comebacks in one year. You know? Yeah, it's going to be incredible to see what is possible when he comes back. I hope he gets With, a, another tattoo on his neck on the other side. He should balance should. it out. Yeah, he should get me, I think. That would be a brilliant yeah, I tattoo. So. I think he should. You don't have any tattoos, right? I do like on my leg. Oh, that's right. See him, but it's nothing crazy. Yeah. Bring it on your neck. Why not? I should maybe. Maybe I'll do my, uh, my always ready skull on my neck. Oh, that? brilliant. <laughs> With everything that you're talking about that you have going on in your world, what what's a day look like? Where does your main focus go? Man, uh, so like typically like, so today, woke up, went to the gym. I had this interview. I had an interview before you. Uh, I do this thing called Whatnot. It's like this live auction thing. I do that on Mondays. So on Tuesdays, I ship all that out. Uh, so like every day I'm doing something. There's never a day where I wake up like, I have nothing to do today. But um, I don't want I don't want that lifestyle. You know, I always want to be doing something. I always want to be bettering myself, whether it be, you know, my physical fitness or bettering my career or my, my company. Uh, I just want to keep getting better and better. It's just amazing to have you sit here and talk about your company, like growing and getting as big as it is. It's just exciting because this was never a possibility when you were with WWE. No. So, you know, it's funny because the, the major recipe podcast, we actually went to WWE and asked them if we could do whatever it was going to be called the Zach and Kurt wrestling figure show. This was probably 2017, 2018. And at the time there was no interest in podcasts. There was no interest in collectibles. So we're like, well, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to do it ourselves under our real names. Cause I learned through this each really Island story. If you create something using WWIP, they own it. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to fall for that again. <laughs> so we were doing it as Matt and Brian and we weren't hiding it. You know, we were still doing it. We were, you know, but no one ever said anything. And, you know, then when we got released, it was like, all right, let's go full steam ahead because couldn't wrestle. It was the pandemic. There weren't, I mean, maybe there were some indie shows going on, but I certainly didn't want to do those. I didn't want my big comeback to wrestling being in front of like 20 people, social distance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we went balls to the walls of the podcast and, and really grew it. What was the, like, so many people that want to have a podcast, so many people that want to grow the podcast that do have, what was the key that made your podcast grow exponentially? Consistency. Like you pick a time or a day and it, it, it comes out every Friday morning. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. There's no week off. There's no best of bullshit, which I guess is better than nothing. But we have been going since summer, August, 2000, 
18 or 19. No, 18. I love, I love that you have no tr- track of time. August 2018, every single Friday, no breaks. We have a Patreon. So we have bonus podcasts on there. We have a YouTube channel. We're just creating as much content as possible and stuff that we want to watch, you know, or listen to. Like, for instance, every, every Christmas morning, we do like a history of episode that drops on YouTube and audio form. So this year we're doing the history of the WCW original San Francisco toy maker figures, the, the rubber figures. Wow. So it's like, we just go through the whole line. So Christmas morning, it's like, you can pretend you're a kid again and learn all about these figures. We've done the LJN figures, the Hasbros, uh, the wrestling buddies, the Bendham. So we're just trying to create stuff that other people like us would love. I think the biggest thing about being an entre- entrepreneur is being resourceful. So when you find out like, oh, we should be on Patreon, who's the resource for that? Who do you reach out to to go, we got to figure this out? Yes, yeah, so you always, we find people who, who have done it before us, you know? So like uh, Colt Cabana was the one who told us about getting ads for our podcast. We're like, how do you get ads for a podcast? Well, okay, Colt, how do you do that? Uh, I forget who was on Patreon before us because now, you know, everyone's on Patreon now. But we've, we've grown it to, listen, I say crumbs make crumb cake, right? There's not one I piece love that. of the podcast. That, I still stand by that needs to be a shirt. Yeah, th- there's not one piece of the podcast where like, oh, these guys are making a lot of money. But if you add up, whether it be the Patreon or the live podcast or the pro wrestling tees or our major bendies or whatever, at the end of the year, it's like, holy shit, how do we make that much? And where did it go? (laughs) When we look at all the figures behind you right now, which one is the most valuable that's on display that we can currently see? Nothing back here is is that valuable. This is all kind of like... whether it be like the 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 major wrestler podcast bendies or the the major pod micro bros, none of this is like valuable, uh, like sentimentally valuable, I guess. Okay, which but which all, one means the most to you then? Means the most to me. Let's see here. I would say this one right here. I'm gonna get them. Okay. The uh, is a a super seven. It's called Super Seven. So this company reached out to Brian and I uh, and Gals and Anderson like the week we got released from WWE. And said, we want to make you guys. Um, and it really kicked us in the ass because, okay, we just got fired. We can't wrestle for 90 days, but now we got to come up with fucking, how are we going to look for our indie run? Because they need to start making these toys now. That's a, you know? Yeah. So, you know, when you get a Mattel figure or an AEW figure, it comes out and there could be some inaccuracies, but you don't get to choose with this. I was on every step of the way. Oh, this this knee pad logo, it, it should be white. You have it as silver, or this button is the wrong color. Like we were so anal, but I wanted these to be the most accurate wrestling figures of all time. And they are, whether or not you think they're the best, that's not, that's your opinion. But there's no debate, they're the most accurate. Every little detail, the the zippers, the splatter paint of my gear, uh, everything. It, the chest there, I made sure. Listen, I, I legit wrote an email. This figure is cool, but needs to be more tanned and more jacked. You had to switch up the torso mold. It was great. You don't have that, you don't have that luxury if you're in WWE and Mattel's making you a figure. <laughs> yeah, when I was talking about people being resourceful and reaching out, who have been the wrestlers that reached out to you going, "Dude, what you're doing is unbelievable. I want to do something like that too." A lot of people reached out once they got fired from WWE like, "Hey, where where do I go or do you have any any uh bookers uh, you know, promoters, the contact info." And I have no problem sharing the wealth. You know, I I I think everyone should succeed or for it's like the whatnot that we do. I've been trying to tell all these wrestlers, Hey, you should sign to whatnot, you know, like I'm making a pretty damn good living on just whatnot. 
you know, and that's for me selling stuff online every week, which yeah, it's a lot of work, but is it really work? I'm, I'm talking an hour every single day, selling products. The next day I'm shipping it out. Is it work? Yeah, sure. But like, it's just another avenue of the major rest of our podcast, another place for us to create more fans and get more listeners. So, um, listen, I, I, I love that to help people out. You know, I don't, I don't want to keep anything to myself. It's just been so inspiring seeing what you've grown and what you've done. And the best part about it is you're doing it the way that you want to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I'm still learning and growing. I still, listen, I see all your stuff, all your social media stuff. You do a great job on it. I don't know if you're doing it on your own or someone else do it, but guess what? It's getting done. And that's all that matters. Right. So like we have a team of people who help us out too. And, and hopefully like one day we're all rich together. Right. But we're not that's there the yet. <laughs> we're not there yet, but it takes a lot of work to, to make this run because like I said earlier with the internet, there's so much competition, so much content to consume. What are you going to do to stand out? And and we're trying our best to figure that out. Yeah, I had to like figure it out with using other people. Like I was trying to do every aspect of it on my own. And then when I realized I'm not the best editor, I'm not right. even very good at making graphics. If I can get someone who's a 10 out of 10 at editing, 10 out of 10 at graphics, 10 out of 10 at all this other stuff, then I can focus on what I truly am exactly. passionate about which is this. Exactly. So this has been so good to catch up with you and like, congrats on everything. I, I have no idea how you're going to top this year, but somehow you're going to do it in 2023. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to figure it out too. Listen, I, I don't have, of course I have goals, right? But I don't have like a master plan. Like when I got released from WWE, I didn't say, okay, well, when I got released in like April, I think. It wasn't like, all right, well, in June or July, I'm going to do this death match thing. No, it just happened. Yeah. And that's what this always ready thing is about, like just being ready and having your eyes open for all these opportunities, big or small, and capitalizing on capitalizing on them and making making them the best possible. Uh, um, so yeah, I don't know what's in store for for 2023, um, but I'm I'm ready to to kick its ass. I'll tell you that because this 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 has to just keep getting better and better. I mean, I, I put too much work into this and too much time, whether it be the podcast or wrestling, like. I'm just ready to take it to the next level. Whatever I don't know is, if there's I'm ready for it. I don't know if there's anybody better at taking an opportunity and like completely like if it was like a a, a wet uh, wash towel, you know, bringing <laughs> like every piece of opportunity out of that. You're the best at that. Well, like I said, you got to, you know, because uh, if I don't do it, who's going to do it for me? Nobody. Mm. So I end every conversation talking about gratitude because it's such sure. a big part of my life. And I wake up every day, I say out loud three things that I'm grateful for. So what are three things in your life that you're grateful for, Matt? I do something very similar. We might have talked about this last time. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Let's see. Um, One, Chelsea Green, for sure. I'll I'll, I'll shout her out. My wife, uh, we've been together for, fuck, I don't even know the exact time. We met 2017, so do the math on that. Time flies, huh? Um, Yeah, she's just great. Definitely grateful to have her in my life, wake up next to her. Also grateful that, I've been doing what I love since I was 18 years old. Didn't really have a real job my whole life. I'm very, you know, very fortunate. You know, I, I realized there's the, if I want to wake up, not set an alarm, I could do that. It would fuck up my whole day because I have a lot of shit to do. But I could tomorrow morning, if I want to say, you know what, fuck it, I want to sleep in. I have the luxury that I'm able to do that. Like I said, it would fuck everything up for the rest of the day. But I'm fortunate that I've been able to do that. And I've been living my dream for since I was 18, I'm 37 years old. So it's a long time of doing what I love. Now, has it all been, you know, like, listen, it's been highs and lows. That's well documented, sure. right? Yeah. But I, I cherish both the highs and the lows. And I think the lows 
have made me who I am today. And the lows make me appreciate the highs even more, make them that much sweeter. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, sure. Another thing I'm grateful for, definitely the, the major rest of her podcast and all its fans, you know, because when we got released from WWE and we, we literally could not make any money, we couldn't wrestle anywhere. We couldn't do anything like the podcast fans. They, 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 they helped us grow this, this little podcast into a business and kept us alive. And now it's, it's the most fun being like, I'm literally when I'm done with this, I have to have like this business call about this new toy line we're starting. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's a lot of work, but it, like I said, it's not work because it's what I love. So that's just three things that I'm grateful for. But I agree. I think it's very important to start your day off and put yourself in that right mindset. Uh, I do something very similar. I also list some goals. Uh, and I'll put it out there. One goal that I've been saying for a long time is to win that WWE championship. That's, that's, that's not a lie. I'd be lying to you right now. Listen, when I got released, the goal was not to get back to WWE. It wasn't like, Oh, what can I do to make them notice me? What can I do to get back to WWE? You can't think like that. I certainly can't. But I would be lying if I said, I never want to wrestle at Madison Square Garden again, or I never want to uh, have a WrestleMania match. Of course I do, because WWE is number one. So um, not saying, you know, there's this, this plan to go back as soon as possible. But before I hang up the boots, I'd love to go back at least one time for sure. I love that. And I love the idea of like focusing on the things that you do have in your life. That's why yeah. gratitude is such an important thing because it's so easy every day to focus on the things that you don't have and get right. like stuck in that negative mindset. But like focusing on the things that you do have, I think will create more of that stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I firmly believe that I am not a naturally positive person. It's almost like I forced myself to be positive. You have fooled I, us all then. Sure. But you know what? It, it does. It, I think it does work. You know, the, if you, you know, the gratitude, the positivity, it, it, it's really, it's really healthy for you. And it will, it will change a lot of things like in your life after my YouTube show, whatever happened to it happened, right. It, it got to got to take it over. Yeah. You know, pushed off the stage of the wheelchair, saw my career, all my hard work, get flushed on the toilet. It is what it is. Right. And there was death. I, I think I invented the passive aggressive tweet. I think I invented the negative tweet, the backstage bitter tweet. I think I invented that. You know, uh, but guess what? It wasn't, it wasn't changing my position at work. Certainly wasn't making me happier at home. So once I realized, Hey, there are only a certain number of things I can control while I'm in WWE. Mm. We might've talked about this last time, but I, I said to myself, I can control my physique. No one's going to say you can't work out or you can't eat right. Right. I can control my gear. No one's nope. going to say your gear can't look like a superstar. Right. And I could control my attitude. No one could say you can't be in a good mood. You can't have a smile on your face. So once I started focusing on the things I could control, I mean, is it a coincidence that a year or two later, I won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania? I don't know, but it happened. And that's, that. It, it's, I believe it's from changing my mindset and changing, you know, going from someone who was bitching and moaning or poor me to fuck it. Like I'm going to control what I control and I'm going to be always ready for any and all opportunity. And, and when I get that opportunity, I'm going to knock it out of the fucking park. I appreciate you making the time today. I know you had to schedule going to the bathroom and everything like yeah. that. So you're probably I mean, not going to go to... I did shit before this. I got it. <sighs> oh, so glad to hear that. I wasn't joking about the pre-workout. I take it. And then I'm like, 10 minutes later, I'm like, well, that was well, a terrible... Always idea. ready pre-workout coming very, very soon. Uh, very... I don't know if it's going to be late 
uh, December or early uh, 2023, but I'll make sure I, I send you a little bottle. I might have a slight addiction to pre-workout, so please send it my way. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to have your whole uh, whole line? No, just the just the pre-workout. Okay, just the please pre-workout. send some I mean, my hey, way. You never know. They're good. You never as of now, it's just going to be pre-workout. Pump up the beta alanine as high as you can make it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, give me the tingles. Oh, I definitely want the tingles, baby. High stim. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you so much, and congratulations on everything you've got going on. Hey, you too, man. I see you got a figure coming out soon. So it's not a major bendy. You went with the competitor, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's always room for that, you know? That's true, man. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I just love his energy. He he oozes excitement. And it'll be so interesting to see what Matt does next. So big thank you to him for joining us for this conversation. Big thank you, of course, to you for being with us as well. And please take a screenshot and let us know that you're listening. Let us know what stands out the most from this episode and tag us so we can share it out as well. Matt is very active on social media. So pretty good chance if you take a screenshot and tag Matt that he'll he'll either share this on Instagram or Twitter or maybe both. So tag him at the Matt Cardona. Tag me at Chris Van Fleet. And I'll leave you with the words of John D. Rockefeller who said, The secret of success is to do the common thing uncommonly well. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.